0: Is this Kirk Cousins' last year as a Viking? I think we kind of know what the Vikings' plan is. We'll go over that, Alexander Madison signing, and a whole bunch of other stuff on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You liked it on three, one, two, three. You You like it. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, 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 everybody, welcome to the Locked on Vikings podcast, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked on Vikings. And thank you so much for making Locked on Vikings your first listen of the day. This show is available on YouTube and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Also, it is available on Amazon Fire or Roku if you uh, just download the Locked On Minnesota sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Today on the show, uh, the biggest news of the day, I guess, is that Alexander Madison re-signs. It was otherwise a fairly quiet day for, you know, being the the first day of the league year Wednesday was. So we'll get into that. Uh, We also have a couple of updates on contract Uh, stuff that I promised you, it's all very detailed. Um, but I know a lot of you uh, want those details, so I'll give you that. And then for the rest of the show, we'll do a mailbag. I also have a conversation with locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy that I'm going to do tomorrow as part of a larger thing on, uh, Byron Murphy. So we'll put a pin in Byron Murphy, like deeper analysis for now. And that'll be tomorrow's show for now. We'll just kind of go over the odds and ends of stuff. Um but let's start with the big news which is Alexander Madison signs to a 2-year deal worth up to 8 million dollars 7 million with an extra mil in incentives and like six and change of that is guaranteed so an almost fully guaranteed contract for Alexander Madison uh, uh, Okay All right Uh works <laughs> I don't know. I have a really tough time having like a super strong opinion on this um, because of the amount of money that it is. Look, I know somebody making like three and a half mil a year average. We don't know his structure yet uh, is feels like, man, that's like not an insignificant amount of money. I remember when Shamar Stefan made that it was 2019. The cap was way lower and that three and a half mil actually felt like it was a sizable chunk in this cap environment we have to totally recalibrate that is I think like less than two percent yeah right that's yeah that's less than two percent of the cap uh, in other words and this is the the 153rd line this is going to be a new principle of mine all right with these with these smaller contracts if you take the entire general salary cap which is 224 million and you divided it evenly among 53 players and nobody had dead cap and there' was nothing like that just hey everybody gets an even share and call that the, the the median, right, salary, the average salary, that would be $4.2 million per player. So if you're making less than $4.2 million, in a sense, you are cheap enough to allow somebody else to be a more expensive piece, right? You are, like, very definitionally a bargain bin guy. Um, now, of course, you're not, cheaper than sixth round picks on rookie contracts or whatever, but those guys cost 6th round picks. So two kinds of currency, right? We got to put that in. And if this prevents us from having to spend a fourth round pick on a, on a running back, I guess I'd rather spend 3 million than a fourth round pick on the position. Um, but really it signals two things that are pretty interesting. One it's fully almost fully guaranteed which means he is going to be a part of the Vikings plan at the running back position. This is not just a dude you're bringing in cuz he's there. He this is somebody that they wanted in the building to be part of that plan. Um and if you don't think that Alexander Madison has earned that, then that's what you be mad about. Forget the money. Don't don't try to get yourself bogged down in nickeling and diming. Be mad that oh, wow, they really think this dude is part of a running back strategy i don't think he's the bell cow i don't think it's that money but you're part of a committee all right if you don't want alexander madison to be part of a committee well bad news he is going to be one and if you're okay with that then great he's going to be part of a committee the second thing that's really interesting and this is what everybody asked um, i will do a mailbag later in the show but about six people asked some variation of what does this mean for dalvin cook so i'll just answer that now uh man isn't that interesting Right. Here's the deal. I don't think it changes a lot for me with Dalvin Cook because he's either backing up Dalvin Cook like he did before, like, oh, unthinkable having Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison on the same team. Couldn't imagine that scenario. I mean, that's been the case for the last four years. Right. Um, So I, I don't think that it precludes keeping him. And because the money is so small, I also don't think that it's like, oh, well, they spent their running back money on it. Madison, now there's nothing left over for Cook. Like, they they barely spent anything on him. So, seven mil over two years is nothing, right? Um, again, he's, he's part of some kind of rotation. He's going to be in the mix somehow. Uh, but here's where Cook is at. Uh, whatever happens with him, I think it has to wait. Because if he's going to get traded, he has to pass a physical. Uh and he's recovering from a surgery. So I don't know if he would be able to do that right now. Nothing stopping you from doing it in, you know, late April, doing it on draft night or something like that, right? Um, or doing it in camp, in the middle of camp or something like that. All that stuff is totally plausible. Um, but he's got to recover from that shoulder thing first. So I don't think whatever happens with Dalvin cook, I don't think we get an answer to it very soon. There was a little bit of trade steam with Miami. And of course teams can agree to a trade and say, all right, this is what we're going to do. Uh, but I don't think that that trade can officially process. You can't actually get Dalvin cook over there until he's able to pass. I believe that's how it works uh, is that he has to kind of uh, pass that physical, but also, um, you know, nobody needs to worry about that. Right. Cause he doesn't need to be ready to actually do any physical activity till May. So, we can sort of table that uh, and circle back around to it later. That's where I think we're at on the running back position in terms of Alexander Madison. I don't think it precludes you from really doing anything. I think he's just part of a greater puzzle and whether that puzzle is Ty Chandler, who Kevin O'Connell has praised vocally quite a bit, whether it's Kenny Wongu who I don't know what his role from scrimmage is, but he'll have his role as a, a kick returner. So he'll be active on game days all the time. Right. And, Guys who are always active on game days have a way of wriggling their way into the starting lineup uh, at some point or other just by virtue of being available and in pads and eventually everybody else gets hurt, right? Um, so he has his place on the team. That that whole room is filled with a bunch of guys the Vikings have really signaled that they want to at least do something with, and we'll see if Dalvin Cook is still a part of that plan. But for now, we know that Alexander Madison absolutely is, and it's the second guy from that 23, 2019 draft class who uh, has gotten a second contract now technically. Um, both of those guys didn't get huge second contracts, but they are second contracts nonetheless. And there's a lot of, um, I, I guess a lot more than you think. Look at that as kind of a, a general barometer for, for success of the pick. Hey, did you want this guy back after his rookie contract? And the answer was yes, perhaps tempered a little bit. Uh, and maybe you don't agree with that. And that's totally fair, but they did want him back. Both those guys back for a second contract. And I think that that should kind of become part of our calculus. Um, I do want to talk about that contract. We have details for that Garrett Bradbury contract as well as a couple of other details that we can look at um, thanks to Ben Gessling. So I'm going to go uh, rip through some of his reports from Wednesday about the contract stuff as well as get through some of your burning questions about the current state of the Minnesota Vikings. You guys had a whole bunch of them. Um, but first, let me talk to you about a good old gramble. It's still, there's still time to fill out your brackets. And if a bracket just does not scratch that itch for you, if you don't just want to pick winners, you want to really get into that gramble, go to FanDuel. You can also bet on NBA games, NHL games, all that stuff is really getting down to kind of their home stretches of their seasons. You can gramble on all that stuff at FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download that FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, very easy to use, and you can bet on whatever from point spreads, money lines, um, individual player props, and even smash them all together in one big old parlay. See if you can't get a bigger payout off of that. And once again... Get that no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks a million for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. If you want faster Byron Murphy content, you don't want to wait for tomorrow's podcast, or if you just want a visual, check me out on patreon.com slash nfl. I should have something going out today about Byron Murphy, maybe a little later tonight, uh, if all goes well. I mean, at least that's what I'm trying to do, but I'm not here to talk about him right now. I'm here to talk about some contract stuff. I promised you guys the other day that I would get back, circle back around to some of these um, contract details and kind of what they mean. And I'll give you the numbers that I think you're really going to care about. So Byron Murphy, will start with his. He gets a $7 million signing bonus. He has a $1.1 million base salary this year. And what that means is that his cap number is very backloaded. It's also lower than what I talked about yesterday. Uh, Something has been corrected in the reporting, I guess. His total cap number over two years is now just $17.2 million. So this is the bargain of bargain deals, which I don't mistake that for him being like a bargain bin guy. I'm stunned that he signed this. Like I genuinely cannot fathom that he signed this. And neither can Alex Clancy of Locked On Cards. Again, tune in tomorrow for that. Um, But his cap number is is just under $5 million for 2023. So just 5 mil for 2023 and then 12.3 mil for 2024, very little of which is uh, actually in guaranteed money. Of that 12.3, 3.5 of it is just the second half of that $7 million uh, signing bonus and the rest of it is completely unguaranteed salary and a big chunk of it becomes guaranteed on March 17th of next year. So kind of the same like two days after the league year, however many days after the league year kind of thing. But there's still like a chance to cut him if things just totally go belly up absolutely stunning, total low-risk deal, right? If Byron Murphy could be a total catastrophe and the Vikings are not out that many resources, which is pretty insane. They would save $8.8 million with a cut of him next year if they wanted to, Uh, but then if he works out, you have that's your kind of negotiating environment to try to hammer out a real boy extension, which I think is a reasonably likely outcome. I also wanted to go over the Garrett Bradbury contract, which is very similarly... um, a lot of it is unguaranteed. It is, uh, the only guaranteed salary is, uh, the base salary for 2023, which, you know, makes sense, right? He's, he just signed. He's not getting cut. And then a prorated signing bonus of 3.8 million. So he he'll play through this year at a cap number of just $2.6 million. This is peanuts. Y'all super, super backloaded, which if you've been listening to this show, I kind of told you that it would be they have like a hundred million dollars in cap space for 2024 why would they not why would they leave that in 2024 right you might as well use some of that to get players now and especially players who will also be on the team in 2024 so you're not just borrowing just for like one year guys that are going to leave um I guess Marcus Davenport is the only example of that um but he's his contract details we actually don't have either so I'm not sure exactly how that thing works out but then he has six and a half million dollar cap numbers uh, next year and the year after that. Just 2.5% and 2.3% of the cap. That is basically that 153rd line. Garrett Bradbury is absolutely a cheapo center. If you are okay with cheaping out on center and just kind of getting just a dude for a cheap price, here is your guy. That That is how this is gonna work on the cap. And if they don't like that, they can actually get out of that contract. They're totally cuttable and, and there's no guaranteed salary in it. So a lot of flexibility. Um, very, very frugal... And perhaps your idea, you know, if you, if you really, really hate Garrett Bradbury, you can basically say, okay, they went they went discount there uh, for cent- at center for the next three years. And maybe eventually they draft someone and, and see if he can't beat Bradbury in a camp competition or something like that. You can probably pin some hopes there. Um, we also have Nick Mullins, who, who signed, uh, sort of got lost in the shuffle of everything yesterday. But Nick Mullins does return to the Vikings. Uh, that's pretty cool. He only costs 1.7 mil this year. He'll cost 2.2 mil next year, most of which you save uh, if you cut him. So if they you know, have some really great backup quarterback they draft, you go to grab Hendon Hooker in the fifth round or something like that, and it works out great. Uh, they can cut him and save some money that way, but it's all nickels and dimes, very, very low stuff. And also Andrew DePaola, who signed his deal. It is a three-year deal uh, worth upwards of $4 million, I believe, with uh, league minimum salaries in each year and a $350,000 signing bonus. Um, There is your contract structure details. You don't need to go very far with all of those, but just understand that a lot of these contracts are backloaded, very cheap, and we're pushing money. We're really buying players for 2024 and 2025. Like, you can think of it this way. There's somebody that's really obsessed with 2024. There's a few people in, my, in that have been talking to me on Twitter that really, really, really want the Vikings to focus on next year and just let this year die, right? Which I super disagree with, but okay, well, they have a corner that's gonna play for them in 2024. They have a center that's gonna play for them in 2024. they their long snapper, their backup quarterback. All four of those contracts are under contract for 2024. The only one that isn't is Marcus Davenport. And again, I don't exactly know how that one is structured out, and there is a non-zero chance that he ends up being on your team in 2024 as well. So if you're worried about the Vikings Using all their 2024 cap, well, these guys are also purchased for the 2024 season as well. Uh, they aren't just here for a year. They stay. And, and that's a, an important part of that calculus when you try to go through, like, well, are they building for the future or are they building for the now? Well, they're signed for now and they're signed for other years. So we're, we're, we're still chilling here. Um, and that kind of brings me to the mailbag. Uh I wanted to do Twitter Tuesday but of course the news has been insane so, but I did want to get to some of your questions. So we're going to do a little bit of a short mailbag. I'll get to a couple questions real quick. Um and the first one is kind of to this effect that is uh Dinesh from Dinesh Sundar. and I'm very sorry if I didn't get that right. Uh, who asked, Quasi started this offseason giving the indication that he's clearing the deck for 2023. Then Kirk's restructure confused that situation. Can you st- take a step back and tell us what you see? Okay, so the order of events has confused you here because we just will hear about like cuts and restructures and making cap space before we hear about how that cap space is spent but if you want to know how much they like care about the future look at the way the rosters for the future are constructed and who is a part of that right um of all of these guys again with the sole exception of Marcus Davenport which is a one year deal All of these guys are under contract for 2024 and 2025. Now, for for, uh, 26 and beyond, they basically have absolutely nothing committed and they have absolutely nothing there. So there is very clearly, I I guess, is this what a time horizon is? Where the the horizon of 2025 is kind of the last thing we plan for and everything else is sort of fluid from there? Um, But of course... You know, by the time they actually play football, they'll probably have Justin Jefferson under contract for those years. They might have other extensions with guys like Ezra Cleveland or K.J. Osborne. I I wouldn't be surprised. K.J. Osborne just signed with, I think, a new agent. Uh, I think that that actually might be a little bit of an indicator of somebody who maybe thinks that they're going to be negotiating for a contract this offseason, and I certainly would not hate that move. Um, So taking that, like, full step back, the Vikings are trying to build their team. And they are not trying to tear it down to the studs before doing that, which, if you've been listening to this show, I am very adamant that tearing the team down to the studs is an unnecessary step. You can just go from a team that is mediocre to building something better. Just build on top of the mediocre team. It's just there, right? Uh, And you just have to kind of figure out your cap problems as you go, but there are a lot of tools to do that. And while those are problems that need to be solved, they're problems that can be solved. In a similar vein, James Kuhn now asked, this offseason is starting to feel a lot like the 2020 offseason. How is this offseason different? How can the organization avoid the pitfalls of the last regime's nightmare handling of that offseason? The biggest mistake the Vikings made in 2020, I, I legit think this got Rick Spielman fired, was that they ignored cornerback until the draft. They went into the draft with nobody at cornerback, and the Vikings have already not done that, right? Their biggest need was cornerback, and they didn't sign anybody in free agency. They rolled into the season with Dantzler, Gladney, and Holton Hill as your as they're like starters and it was a catastrophe they got ripped week one by green bay by those corners and fast forward to week 16 chris jones is getting killed by mitchell trubisky it was awful that dude's on the uh i think he's on the san antonio brahmas now he was starting for us in december football it was horrible um that was the big thing also we don't have a kirk extension right and we aren't trading away one of our best players. That's Those are three very key differences. Um, I have a whole bunch more questions to get to, including the one that I teased at the top of the episode. So we are just going to keep this thing rolling. The next question comes from VikesFan33. The titular question of this episode, and it is, do you think the Kirk Cap conversion means 2023 is likely his last year as a Viking? <sighs> yes. I Likely, right? We're talking probabilistically. Do I know that for sure? Absolutely not. If you are a Kirk stand, that would be super sad. If Kirk Cousins left the Vikings, you still absolutely have some hope. Uh, but if you are somebody who is just just fixing to move on to the next guy, I think we're as close to that as we have been since probably uh, before Kirk Cousins signed his extension in 2020 that, that I just talked about. Um, The Vikings clearly have an exit strategy here. They restructured quite a bit of his money as part of that exit strategy, uh, but that was really a move to get under the cap. They are, I think, at this moment on the official count, they're sitting 500k under the cap. They're right up against it now. The cat that has not factored in Josh Oliver or uh, Marcus Davenport or Byron Murphy. It hasn't. We don't. We don't know what's going to happen with Dalvin Cook or Zayariah Smith or um, Harrison Smith or maybe even something with Daniel Hunter could happen. We, we have no idea, right? um and so all of that stuff all of that math hasn't quite happened i think over the cap currently has us like 2 million over the caps uh, Kirko chains asked hey i thought they had to be under the cap over the cap is projecting that because they know the details of the josh oliver contract so they're counting it but the official salary cap hasn't processed that yet so that particular cap charge hasn't counted yet uh and therefore the vikings are 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 cap compliant they just can't process that thing till they get Uh, money a different way, which will probably come via Harrison Smith. We also don't know the uh, Jordan Hicks pay cut, so there is that. But to circle back to Kirk Cousins, here's the deal. If you were going to extend Kirk Cousins, you probably would do that instead of that restructure. That restructure is redundant with a Kirk Cousins extension. It does not preclude a Kirk Cousins extension. And I think it is specifically designed to leave that option open, but a, all of the reporting that we have is that the Vikings didn't even really talk to Kirk about a true extension, that that was not the plan. Um, but that restructure and adding all those void years and stuff, if you were to extend Kirk Cousins, um, the, the the foundation for it is in that restructure, and then you just kind of have to agree on how much extra money you're giving him every year. So it's like half of that work is already done, and the contract structure, the the framework of it is complete. Uh, and then it's, do you either make those years real or not? They That option is open to them, and they can click, you know, to take the red pill or the blue pill there either way, and they can wait till after the draft to do it. So that's where I think we're at with Kirk Cousins. I think right now, status quo plan is we're letting Kirk Cousins walk. We're taking that big old dead cap hit. Um, if you wanted to, you could even, like, sign him to a really fake extension for, like, one year, unguaranteed and then cut it immediately, but cut it with a post-June designation. And I believe that is like a little cap shenanigan that you can do to split that money up, that that $28 dead cap hit up if you really wanted to, Uh, or you could just kind of take your lumps and they've got enough cap space to do it right now where they just say, let's just get this thing paid off and over with. Um, Either way works. So yeah, I, I think right now, it depends on the draft is the real answer to that. Is this Kirk Cousins' last year on the Viking? It depends on the draft. Um, And if the draft doesn't go well for them quarterback-wise, let's say all the QBs are gone by pick six or whatever, a bunch of people trade up, QBs go one, two, three, four, and now they don't like any of the QBs. Maybe they trade down, they do something else, they go put another year on Kirk Cousins and then say, we'll try this again in 2024, but whoever we draft, we'll get a year to sit behind Kirk Cousins and we'll just kind of keep on rolling it that way. Um, that is what I believe the Vikings plan is can't imagine cousins himself is a huge fan of that plan. Uh, he's very much into like stability and I don't think he likes to to have that many variables in his life, but can't really do anything about it. He can't get the Vikings to agree to something else. Right. Um, Abby asks, what do we need to do between free agency and the draft to feel comfortable about next season? Another similar one comes from Jared who says, how high are your season expectations relative to last year? Um, so I'll answer Jared's first. I don't know. Because I don't know who plays for the Vikings. We don't know who they've drafted. We don't know who else they've picked up. We don't know who their corner room is. We don't know if they're going to pick up another wide receiver or not. We just don't know enough about the Vikings. I have no idea. I don't know who plays for the Bears or the Packers or the Lions either. It's just not complete. So it's really folly, I think, to try to predict the season outcome. So circle back to me after the draft. That's when we'll know enough about everybody's roster where we can really start to see where they are um this is the worst time to do like betting futures on you know division winners and stuff this is like one of the most uncertain times of the year for who is is and isn't going to be good Uh, but back to abby's question about what do we do between free agency and the draft okay so if you want to go into the draft you want to go into the draft without emergency needs you can have needs going into the draft right you're not going to go in with a complete roster that's a fantasy. But you shouldn't go into the draft priced in to taking any position. That's how you get Laquan Treadwells, right? When you're just like, okay, well, we just got to take a wide receiver. And the last two that we liked actually just went off the board. I guess we'll take Laquan Treadwell. And you have Mike Zimmer visibly dejected about it. (laughs) Go watch his 2016 post-draft presser. He was not a happy man. So I think that's what they need to do is to make it so that they don't have any dire needs. Like wide receiver is a need, but if they did go into the season with, all right, we got Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne, we'll run a bunch of 12 personnel at these tight ends. Like there is something where you're going into camp going, all right, this is probably not a strength of the roster, but but it's not a laughing stock. You go in with the corner group they have right now, you're a laughing stock. Even with Byron Murphy, you've got two second-year guys competing for one position. You don't really have a dedicated... Like, that is incomplete, right? So if the draft started tomorrow, the Vikings would be super priced into taking a corner. I, th- I think they'd be, like, really forced to. Um, and that's not great. So I think get another corner is something they should do in free agency or the draft. Now, that guy can be Duke Shelley, right? I say two corners, and one of them should be Duke Shelley. Um, you know, just need to be another person who can compete for a start. Um, but I, I, would like to see them get another like anointed starter, another guy of Byron Murphy's size, you know, that kind of like, okay, this guy's going to play right. And not a guy like Duke Shelley maybe plays somebody higher than that. Um, but they need to fill out that room a little bit more. I think they need another D tackle because they lost Alvin Tomlinson. Um, we, of course we need to figure out what's going to happen with, with Harrison Smith and, um, everybody else, you know, replace guys that maybe you're losing. Um, but primarily it's 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 get a corner and I wouldn't mind I don't need them to go out and get like a Jacoby Myers or like Alan Lazard or something I don't need to go spend one of those 11 million dollar contracts like those guys are getting um, at wide receiver but I would love to see them bring in you know a guy who might or might not make the team get me like a depth piece to just kind of put a little bit of pressure on that roster bubble at the wide receiver position I would love to see that Um, Matt fries asks by By the way uh, listen to kindred skulls Uh, love that show with Matt and Nick I uh, love you guys. You guys do great work, and those guys, those guys put in the work. If you're if you're into some really deep X's and O's stuff, um, it's a great show. Stamp of approval. Uh like he says Vikings are doing a lot of prove it type deals with low signing bonuses and big salary escalations from year to year. Do you think Quasi will ever go after a big fish and give substantial money up front to a free agent in the future? Yeah, it's interesting. There's a whole bunch of like uh front-loaded deals happening. The Bears did a couple, the Bengals just did one with Orlando Brown. Um front-loading deals, I guess if you have the cap space to do it, makes sense and you'll you'll kind of feel those dividends later. Uh so maybe if we if if the cap situation the way it looks like it's going to be in the next 2 years the vikings are going to have some some weight to throw around in the next 2 years um at least as it feels right now now maybe they use that weight on you know big extensions for guys and stuff but with Quasey specifically I, I don't think we've seen enough signings to know that like oh he just isn't a guy that goes after the big fit maybe there just hasn't been a fish worth going for i don't think there was this year maybe there was there wasn't last year um i, I don't really remember but we've seen him make like four or five like real signings. And yeah, they've all kind of been these bet on a guy who's coming off an injury, backload the deal, put a bunch of provisional money, incentives and stuff like that in it. They have kind of all been that. And that's clearly a preferred move. But I think with Quasey, he's very much an all options on the table kind of guy. So I think, sure, they could go for a big fish. Will they? I don't know. But I definitely don't think it's something that he's like principally against Because the idea of being principally against something might be the only thing he actually is principally against. That makes sense? Uh, purple velour says if Davenport, Darius and Hunter are all in the roster for the 2023 season, what would you see as the ideal relationship slash snap distribution to keep all three fresh and satisfied with their opportunities? So this is a fascinating question that I actually, if that happens, would probably dedicate an entire episode to because it is kind of a patriotsy move to have like three edge rushers on the field at the same time all the time and like amoeba those dudes. Um, and it's not that far off from stuff that Brian Flores has done in the past. So that is, I think an option. I don't think it's a like, like I wouldn't put it better than 50, 50 right now, but if it does happen talking about how that can be used and how it works in with the stunts that Brian Flores uses, is actually super cool and worth its own episode. So put, put a pin in it. And if it happens, we'll talk about it. Um, that is all the questions that I have time for tomorrow. I'm Probably going to do the Byron Murphy thing, unless a, a huge piece of news breaks. We'll talk about it, but I'll, I'll probably do a big Byron Murphy breakdown because I'm, I'm super, super jazzed on this guy, and I want to really sell you on him. Uh, I want to bring you to the world of rainbows and puppies that I'm living in right now because I am stoked. Um, I will see you all for that. Make sure you check out On Sports Minnesota. Check out On NFL. I will see you all tomorrow, and as always, skull.